Hi, this is Alex. And this is Lena. And this is Getting Mouthy. One more Tree Hill podcast. Hi, Lena. Hi, Alex. We're here back for episode 17. Spirit in the Night. We're almost done with season one. I'm very excited about we it. Are. We are. We realize we only have five episodes left, and then we are done. That's right. Very excited. We keep bringing this up every single episode. I know. Well, we want people to count down with us in anticipation. But eventually, we will be at the end. I know. And then we'll be counting down through season two. Yep. I'm excited. I know people aren't crazy about season two, but I personally like it. So I'm excited about it. I like the whole show. Even the goofy stuff at the end. Oh, the goofy stuff is part of what makes it great. Let's be honest. Like, if we only wanted good storylines, we probably would have stopped watching. I mean, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we say that out of love, of course. Speaking of love. Yeah. I think we want to mention some reviews that we've gotten. Just because we're very appreciative, and so I'm going to read some of these we are. on the air. Thank you. First one we actually got back in November, which is very nice, from 23Huey23, saying they were all that and a bag of chips. Loving this podcast. Oh. It's very nice. Oh, Huey. Huey. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, You bud. old so-and-so. <laughs> and then we have Anna Shell, or Anna's Hell, I don't know which. Mm. This was in December. She said, love. I just found this podcast via Reddit. I have already binged a good bit of episodes. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Anna. It's very nice. Anna, Anna's hell. Well, we don't know, but we appreciate you. Thank you I so like much. I like it either way. Like either you. way, it's good. Thank you. Then the very newest one we've gotten from Kelrod17. One more review. <laughs> Interesting title. Really nice, I have to say. Really enjoying the in-depth character and story discussions and have found myself laughing out loud on more than one occasion so far. It's clear that you two are having fun making this, and I'm definitely having fun listening. Well, Kelrod, we're having fun because you're having fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you so much. We were so happy. I, it made me really feel, feel delighted. We have a few other reviews as well, I think, that are without um, descriptions, just ratings, which is yeah. lovely as well. We appreciate any and all feedback that we can get, but we really appreciate these those of you who have given us written feedback. It really makes our day. And I literally can't find any other reviews on any other platform that we have our podcast. So if there's anything else out there, I apologize if I didn't read it. Yeah, right now we're just we're feeding off of the love on Apple Podcasts, and that makes us very happy. So yes. thank you. So thank you guys. That's very nice. Yes. So now we're going to get into episode 17. Spirit of the Night. Are and you ready to give it a uh, synopsis, Alex? I'm pretty ready. I think it's pretty, this is a cut and dry episode. It's pretty simple. Oh, okay. There is a classic happening this weekend, some kind of game slash cheerleading competition that somehow lands on the same weekend Mm -hmm. the boys and girls go to someplace uh nearby north carolina somewhere boys and girls well come on boys and girls let's go i just think it's very cute lena it's cute i'm sorry continue they have a basketball game nathan has to learn the fadeaway he does the girls are there to cheerlead and they lose every year and they lost this year what else is there to say brooke (laughs) got a little closer to peyton Haley joins the cheer squad at least for today Mm-hmm. And Brooke got best choreography, and we learned that Mouth is—I don't know—maybe he has an eidetic memory. He can memorize what other cheer squads are doing. He has an incredible skill at choreography. He knows how to bring it on. He knows how to bring it. That's for sure. Absolutely. That's the whole episode. I mean, that was pretty good. I feel like a lot of the heart of the episode maybe was not included in that. Well, excuse me, that we're going to talk about this for an hour and a half. <laughs> we, that's Nina. true. We do have hours ahead of us to talk. Uh, so the Google 
synopsis is pretty similar to what Alex said. The gang heads off to Charlotte, North Carolina for a basketball game and cheerleading competition, which Brooke is determined to win. When one of the cheerleaders gets sick, Peyton begs Haley to join the squad. And that's it. That's all it says. I feel like I said the exact. No, yours was much better. You said much. You said much more. You offered much more. You brought more to the table. You brought it, Alex. Don't forget that I remember that you started this whole thing where you wanted me to review (laughs) or do a synopsis because you thought that I would be terrible at it. Well, listen, that is true. But you have proven me and the world that you really have something special with your synopsis skills. I mean, what can I say? I watch this stuff. I know it's happening. I know, baby. You're very good. I'm very proud of you. So do you want to get into it? Let's go. All right. So we are starting at Tree Hill High School. It is a normal, sunny day. (laughs) The cheerleaders are actually practicing outside. They're practicing outside. Not like we saw before where they were like warming up in the gymnasium. Maybe they do warm up in the gym with the other, with the basketball team and then they go out and it's interesting it made me i mean honestly i we mentioned that in the last episode and so it's kind of funny that in this episode it's so focused on cheerleading but i do think their cheering isn't the best i have no idea honestly (laughs) i'm not i'm not into cheerleading in any fucking capacity so like i'm only saying this as someone who's watched bring it on 1200 times you know what i think yeah i think we need to watch bring it on after this i mean maybe we do because i love bring it on i haven't seen that since i was a kid oh man i have seen bring it on more I I've seen it more times than even the editors and the director on the editing room floor. Like I've seen it so many times. I've seen only one movie like that. And Fahrenheit 9/11. Yeah. Well. Yeah. What can I say? And Chicken Run. <laughs> and Chicken Run. Anyway, um, so they <laughs> so we're at the high school. Cheering is happening. There's all kinds of stuff. People are kind of walking around. It's, it's always very active at high schools and TV shows in the mornings. People are always like really living their life. Haley and Lucas are walking and they're kind of in the middle of a conversation. And Haley says something about like, oh, well, you're really lucky that you actually get to see me, you know, implying she's like so busy or whatever. And Lucas is like, well, you know, why don't you come to the tournament this weekend? And Haley pretends to hem and haw for like a half a second. He's like, oh, but okay. And then she agree- agrees to come. No hesitation. Now, let me go back up. Mm-hmm. Is this actually happening in the morning? I thought it was the morning. I thought was everybody it? was arriving at school. See, I, I can't remember. Am I a liar? No. Like, what I mean is <laughs> I'm just surprised. When I said that, I don't know why that's what came out of my mouth. I meant to say, am I wrong? <laughs> am I a liar? <laughs> well, well, those yeah. are very different questions. Well, I'm just thinking cheerleading practice in the morning before school starts is kind of interesting. I've never... I mean, you're something. right. It's probably not correct. Well, no, I'm just curious. It's, it doesn't matter, obviously. Well, it does end. matter because you planned it out on, <laughs> on the air. I just wanted to make sure I had my facts straight, honey. Okay. No, I think you're right. I mean, I have no idea. For some reason, I thought it was in the morning, but it doesn't really matter. Anyway, so she agrees to go to the tournament that weekend. Yeah, and then, then Nathan comes over. Nathan comes over, and he is glad that Haley is going to come to the Classic this weekend. He is. He's also telling her how he got the apartment. Apparently, he found an apartment. Which is crazy. Like, I can't wait till we get to the very last scene of this whole show because I want to talk about this apartment. Well, we will. We will. But the thing is, is, okay, in the last episode, he was petitioning for emancipation. This episode, which is presumably a week later? I don't know. I, I mean, d- how many, how much longer is it at this point? Like, I did wonder about that because I was surprised. He brought up the petition. And then, like, I thought there was a little bit more time between the petition and him actually being out on his own. You would think so. But it's like he brought it up. He's immediately emancipated immediately gets a down payment on an apartment. It, you know, life is just kind of coming together for Nathan. Maybe it's been a few weeks because I'm imagining this because of a question that Lucas asks Nathan later about his arm injury. Mm. Because, you know, Lucas is still harboring that injury from his uh, car accident with Keith. 
And it just makes me wonder if there's been a little bit more time because he asks Nathan a little bit later, which we'll talk about again. But he asks him a little bit later, like, how long did it take you? Or, or Nathan mentions a story where he got injured when he mm-hmm. was younger a couple mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah, I, I guess it just the thing is, is with One Tree Hill for so long, every episode is taking place a day to like maybe a week max after the first one or the, the previous one. Yeah. So it makes it kind of feel like that was what would continue. You know, so it's a little, I mean, listen, this show has never pretended to be realistic about anything. So we, you just have to kind of suspend disbelief, right? You just have to sort of suspend disbelief in order to kind of listen to this storyline. It's still a good storyline. I love the emancipation storyline. It's very interesting to me. So I don't know. Then again, he did go out in the last episode and he got that lawyer to write this shit up quick. I know, but like how quickly could that actually, I feel like that's probably an extensive process. That's a big deal to prove emancipation is a really big deal. He probably knows Dan. <laughs> you know what? You might be right about that. And then all Nathan has to do is talk about his mom, and then there it is. I mean, yeah, that's true. Well, either way, he is in a good place now with his emancipation, has an apartment, exciting stuff. He's already paid the first and last month's rent, and he took out all of his savings to do so. I wonder how much money Nathan had in there. How did he even have money as a savings? He's never had a job. Because I'm looking at this apartment, and I feel like it's... Listen, that is a nice apartment. I feel like it's like equivalent to one that we've had, and we've had to pay... I have never lived in an apartment that nice until I was with you. Until I had two incomes. I have only lived in apartments that had like vomit stains on the carpet and like old needles and random lighters laying everywhere. What? I'm just saying I've lived in garbage dumps. Lena. I have primarily lived in garbage dumps my entire life. Dirty. money that's what i'm saying like how does this is a nice place that he gets we weren't even at that part in the episode like that's like at the end of the episode we actually see it so we're, we're jumping ahead of it but that's okay well going back to where we are he's moving in on sunday he also says mm-hmm. and then we go actually go over and we see the cheerleaders we see brooke talking to each cheerleader when they're doing their little positions there's like, the there's the lineup it's very a la bring it on when they hire sparky what's his name and the choreographer, and he goes through and criticizes each one of their appearances in the lineup. That is 100% what this is trying to be. And what do you remember some of the stuff she critiques? I remember she tells Teresa that she has terrible posture. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Bevan, I think, for the first time. I think we've seen Bevan before, but we This is the actually, first time we're really introduced to Bevan. We like hear her name, Bevan. Mm-hmm. Need a breath mint. Yes. And Peyton. Peyton? Nice form. An excellent betrayal of a best friend. <laughs> <laughs> But after that, it's just wrong, wrong, wrong. Everything is wrong. Nothing is good. The world sucks. The whole reason why is because for this cheerleading classic that they're going to this weekend, the other team, which is a trivia question of mine. I know you probably know it. It was a trivia question of mine, too. They mention it like multiple times. Mm -hmm. What is the other team name? The Bear Creek Warriors. Yeah. And do you remember the head cheerleader's name? Claire uh, Young. Yes. I love we both wrote that down as trivia. But they've won every year for the last four years. Mm-hmm. And they've also won, I think Claire has won Best Choreographer. Yes. They are cleaning it up every year. The Sparkle Classic. Which has got to be pretty impressive because if Claire's won this award for like four years, I mean, she was doing this stuff maybe in like they're junior holding high. Her, maybe they're holding her back just to keep her... Just to keep the cheerleading team <laughs> just elevated. Just to keep the cheerleading team going well. Yeah. I mean, it could be. Um, and so we get the impression Brooke is being kind of like monstrous to everybody and at some point, Bevan's like, cheerleading is supposed to be fun. Like, this sucks. What are you doing? And Brooke's like, well, winning is funner. So yeah, there you go. Um, then she tells everybody to take five. 
And everybody kind of disperses. And Peyton comes over and is like, look, Brooke, like, I know you're upset with me, but you're taking it out on everybody else. and That's not cool. And Brooke tells her, everything is not about you, Peyton. Did you ever think that maybe I'm being a psycho host beast because I want us to do well this weekend? Those judges are not going to be as forgiving as I am. Funny, I didn't know you were forgiving at all. Which my immediate thought was too soon, but maybe not. I don't know. Because I feel like I wouldn't forgive someone, you know, a couple weeks after something like that happened. But maybe if it's longer than that, like, I don't think asking for forgiveness that quickly is kosher, (laughs) as they say. No, I definitely. But maybe I'm wrong about that. I'm also of the mindset that it's, like, up to her to, like, have her own timeline for moving on. Yeah. You know, because it was her that got, like, she didn't find out that her boyfriend cheated on her. Mm Mm-hmm. She found out that her boyfriend cheated on her with her best friend. Yes. So I imagine that probably takes a little bit longer to get over. Yeah, it's bad enough to have someone cheat on you, but then it's like the person you trusted most in the world is the reason that that, or not the reason, but they're equally a part of that happening. That's pretty terrible. But I understand from Peyton's point of view, because she's probably spent the last couple weeks or however long trying to be as nice as possible, Mm -hmm. and she's probably just getting... Well, and what really sucks for Peyton, and Lucas really, but for Peyton, because she's the one I care about, is... That she not only lost her best friend, but she also didn't pursue the relationship with Lucas after like she they decided to call it off completely. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying she deserves like a big pat on the back for that or anything. But I do think the fact that she didn't just go around flaunting it and dating Lucas like she knew it was wrong enough to not do it. So she's losing the relationship with a guy she really cared about and she's losing her best friend. And yes, it's her fault, but it's still, you know, it still sucks for her. You know, she's she's not getting anything good out of this. Nobody is. They're all very lonely and very isolated, and and it's sad. Yeah, it is. But then um, we see Mouth walking by, and Brooke yells out, Hey, Lips! Adorable. Actually, it's Mouth. And it's interesting, because we were trying to think of unique names for this podcast. Mm -hmm. And we had Getting Mouthy, because we know how big Mouth is in the show. Mm -hmm. And we like him and hate him during parts of the show. We have mixed feelings about Mouth in general. Just to be, so we're all on the same page. We were talking about this. I completely forgot how little he is in this show. It is crazy. When you analyze it, you become so aware. And also because we're doing it week to week. We're only watching one episode a week. So it's like when we originally watched it. Or rather when I originally watched it. So it really emphasizes how little Mouth has been a part of this. Like he's popped in for like five minutes when he was making that little video for Lucas when he was in the coma. And he's been he was in Haley's dream where she dreamt about her not getting the uh, basket for her gym class or whatever, but he's not actually been a character having any storylines in, I mean, get, he's yet to have a storyline really, but he really hasn't even been present since the first or second episode hardly. So it's easy to, for, I actually, my first thought was, oh my God, this is so weird that she's even talking to him because they barely know each other. I guess they would have met a couple of times though when she was dating Lucas. Right, yeah, like that's I, the one thing I thought. But I, I'm pretty sure that she sat next to him at the river court. When she they did, were but that was like only one time we really saw them interact. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they didn't otherwise, but it's just kind of funny because they actually act like they know him and like are friends with him kind of in this. So it just kind of makes me laugh. But anyway, she calls him over because she's asking him, hey, will you when we go, you're going to be at the classic, right? And he's like, Ravenhoops.com. I'd like you to scope out the cheerleaders. Give me the lowdown. I'll pay you 20 bucks. And he's like, spy on cheerleaders. I'll do it for free. <laughs> oh, you perv. How, how charming he is. <laughs> No, I like Mouth. I actually really like Mouth in, in the early season. I mean, he's not a bad character. There's just things that we'll get to in later seasons that are, like, <sighs> off-putting. Which we'll explain why. We will explain why. But I've noticed on the internet, in certain message, message boards, as they used to call them, 
some people have a problem understanding why others have a problem with mouth. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that. Oh, we will. Alex not has, this episode. Alex has a lot of ideas and thoughts about nice men. Nice we'll get guys. to those. We'll talk about them <laughs> later. <laughs> um, so that is established. He is now part of the cheerleading squad in one way or another. I think it's great. <laughs> I like it too. Now we're in Whitey's office. And Whitey sees Lucas walking by and says, hey, Gimp, come in here. <laughs> Just kidding. That's what Tim said last week. Right. <laughs> And this is when Whitey asks about his shoulder. And then Lucas starts talking about how the Greyhounds suck on D, so they should be fine for getting Whitey's 500th win, Mm -hmm. because that'll be this weekend. And Whitey has a great idea and says, you know, one of your teammates needs some extra coaching. And Whitey asks Lucas to help with that. Next, we see Nathan strolling in. Sup, Whitey? You called for me? And it turns out... Whitey, as always, is putting Lucas and Nathan into impossible situations together where he is asking Lucas to help Nathan prep for when he's going to be double teamed uh, yeah, during because, this game. Because with Lucas out, obviously, the best player for sure has always been Nathan, but mm-hmm. Lucas was able to add some scoring to it. So now Lucas or Nathan is going to get all of the attention. Mm-hmm. And they are definitely not happy about this, but Whitey is hilarious because he just like, he is like trying so hard not to start laughing. Like his little smile, he's like, Pulling at the corner of his lips. I definitely think Whitey gets off on doing this shit. Oh, he fucking loves it. He is so into it. He probably sees them leave the office, closes his door, and just starts... Yeah! Yeah! (laughs) That's what I would do. Absolutely. Well, this is not the first time this episode we see him really enjoying putting them together in an uncomfortable way. It's fun. I think it's great. So so that's another another layer of the story. So there's this is the thing about this episode, you guys. There are so many layers of stories, so many different dynamics, so many like coinciding things. It's a great, very full episode. I love it. Uh, but we're very, very briefly into this. So let's keep going. <laughs> um, so next we see they were at the cafe and Deb is just scrubbing away at a little spot on the counter because she is, she's upset. She's has a lot on her mind she's obsessively cleaning because she's upset about nathan leaving my own son wants to divorce me she says i think karen says oh he'll come around you know he's just upset don't worry about it listen karen i like you but let this woman be upset this is a big fucking deal like i'm not saying karen's not i just always generally have a problem with how people express empathy in general and as you know and i feel like i love karen she's a good friend she's a nice person but can you even imagine how hard it would be for Karen if Lucas was doing this with her, distancing herself in this way or himself in this way? Like, I feel really bad for Deb. I can't even imagine. This is her son. He's only 16, 17 years old, and he wants to legally disconnect from her. That is such a big deal. I just feel really bad for her. Yeah, people saying, like, oh, it'll be okay. Like, you know. Doesn't help. It doesn't help. You're right. It doesn't help. If you know someone in crisis, don't just tell them immediately, hey, it'll be okay. Just, like, let them fucking talk about it and then be like, you know, I'm here. Like, I'm, I'm here. I feel your pain with you. I am here. What can I do? Like, As I remember you saying in a previous episode, they need to sit with them in their pain. Yes. Which I think you said was from Brene Brown. It is from Brene Alex, listen to you. Wow. Yes. Oh, bravo, my love. God, I listen to you sometimes. You listen yeah. to me once in a while. Lena. It's because you've now. been editing. It's because you've been editing. You hear what I say over and over now. And it's well, I've also, <laughs> like, I will say this, the last, like, five or six episodes, mm-hmm. I have actually been listening to the episodes after you're done with them. Oh, that's very nice. <laughs> well, because I wasn't Thank always. You. 
Well, no, I just... Alex, ha- just so people know, Alex is the one who edited the last two episodes. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. I, they've been fabulous, I think. Well, thanks. That's very I'm not nice. sure who's editing it this week. I think we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I was planning on doing this. <laughs> okay. We could always do it together. Uh, Lena, that's well, So then Keith walks in. <laughs> um, Keith comes in to get a cup of coffee. They zoom in on his little dollar bill sliding across the counter to pay for his coffee. Did because they zoom in on they that? They did. And I think it's to just imply like, oh, this guy never normally pays. There is a formality here. That is not normal for Keith and Karen. Well, he's also, he's got the formality there, like maybe about paying, but he's like, he means business when he walks in. Yes. He's not here for a social call. No, he's not. He's here to, oh, I mean, but here's the thing. He could get coffee anywhere. He's, he is intentionally showing up there to just be like, hey, remember me? How See many ya? coffee shops exist in it is, this tree Think hill. about how many people go to like a gas station with coffee. You know what I mean? Like, or McDonald's drive through Like he doesn't, there are so many places he could go. You know, I've never thought about it. Do they have a McDonald's in Tree Hill? Of course they do. Tree Hill's like a real place. Honey. It's just, why would they promote it when they could go to Karen's? That's true. You know, Gavin DeGraw performs there, right? And Cheryl Crow on the down low. So, I mean, <laughs> you, you don't want to yeah. skip out on Karen's Cafe. You never know. That's true. And you can definitely see some awkwardness between Keith and Karen. Oh, yeah. Karen is like, how have you been? And he's like, eh, you know, whatever. And she's like, like you, she's like searching. She's she's a searching look in her eyes, looking at him, trying to connect with him again. And she says, well, do you want to come by for dinner tomorrow night? Just like old times. And he agrees. And <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it. I mean, he takes off out the door and then this woman walks in. And oh, do you remember the woman's name? Actually, you know what? I don't know the woman's name. but <laughs> I don't know her name at all. She mentions somebody that's dropped out. Oh, I don't remember that person's name a, either. A parent. I'm pretty sure that the person that dropped out is Judy Johnson. Judy Johnson. Oh, you know what? That sounds extremely familiar. I think it was yeah. Judy Johnson. Did you just wink at me? No. Oh, I thought you said Judy Johnson. Wink. <laughs> I swear to God, you said you winked at me. I, I mean, I didn't, but... Oh, <laughs> he just did. He does. Well, this woman walks in. She's with the Parent Teacher Association, right? Yes. I'm assuming. Oh, no, no. Not Parent Teacher. The, the or, Booster Club. Booster, sorry. Yes. So, uh, yeah, that's what I meant. I meant Boosters. But she walks in and she's like looking for Karen, basically, or Deb to step in and be chaperones for the upcoming trip. Mm-hmm. And Deb has to be part of the divorce. Like there's some divorce proceeding that's going on yeah. that she can't miss, obviously. And then she proceeds to get Karen to join because she mentions a couple things that she's missed. Some like bake sale and something else. Okay. I forget what this, it was. Keep in mind, Karen was only gone for six weeks, you guys. Six weeks. This, this bitch starts rattling off. Of, there was like a raffle. There was a pancake breakfast. There was like, there was at least three things. I can't remember the other thing. I can't either. No, there were at least three things. And I was like, this is the most active booster club on God's green earth. <laughs> I remember, I, I think the when I was in marching band in high school, like the booster club there, I think we did a lot of stuff. That much in six weeks? I don't know about that much. Who has this much time? Go home, have sex with your husband. What are you doing? Like, why are you at this... Like, why is this your life? I'm sorry. I, Alex, I refuse. I when we have to, children, I refuse. I can't wait till we have a kid in, in basketball. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, why are you, like, I don't know. There's nothing wrong with being involved. I just, it, I'm just, I think it's excessive. They, like, I think they forget that the audience knows it wasn't that long. Anyway, so Karen is basically coerced into going to this. I mean, what's kind of sad is this is immediately after agreeing that she's going to get dinner with Keith, which, which makes me I completely sad. forgot about it. Like, I remembered that she was making this plan, but I didn't even think about the fact that tomorrow night is when they're leaving to go to the basketball game. Poor Keith. Because they're staying in a hotel before they, because uh, they're going to Charlotte and they're staying in a hotel mm-hmm. the night before. 
And I completely forgot. Yeah. Poor Keith. I feel bad for him. Well, now we actually see Keith at his shop. Yeah, Keith's life is sucking in every direction right now. And he's, like, still struggling. He's struggling to adjust. He's wearing a big blue jumpsuit. Which he calls a monkey suit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he's still adjusting to life at Dan Scott's service annex. Mm. And we find out Dan's actually been replacing some of his equipment. Even though there's nothing wrong with the old equipment. But as Dan puts... It's not as good as the new stuff. That's true. And Dan comes in. He strolls in with a big cardboard cutout of himself. Which I think is amazing. It is amazing. I wish we had one. Because his smile is so, like, ridiculous. Have a... You wish we had one of him? Yeah. That we could just, like, sit in the corner for inspiration as we record. I am completely certain that this cardboard cutout can be bought somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if not... Or we'll just have to hire Paul Johansson to stand in the corner and... Oh, that would be us. amazing. Paul, yeah. if you listen to this... Paul, please. Please. I'm, like, one of your biggest fans. <laughs> I've never seen anything else you've done, but I love him. Who else? Hill. What else do you need to see when you've seen this? He is the, well, I don't know. He's still not at a place where people are really fond of him. I don't know if he ever will be for other people, but we are huge fans of Dan Scott. <laughs> We're huge fans. Yes. <laughs> but they're having like a really, a really um, challenging little exchange right now. Like you can see this is, re- I, I feel really bad for Keith because here's the thing. Dan is a dick. But I understand from Dan's perspective, he bought it. He invested in a business like he wants to make it as successful as possible. So he's upgrading. Like, I believe that what Dan is doing, Dan would do at any business he just bought. Like, I don't think he's doing this intentionally to be hurtful, but it clearly is extremely hurtful because he's being really derogatory toward Keith in this whole episode and just changing everything. Keith, Keith had a successful business before this. It's not like Keith wasn't capable. It just sucks. Like, it would have been so much kinder for him. To have just helped Keith keep the business, not to have bought it. But that's not the kind of brother he is, you know? And I don't get the impression that they talk about any of these changes that are going to happen. No. I think Dan comes and says, this is what needs to, or this is what's going to happen. But truly, I feel like this is what any owner would do. Yeah. I mean, truly, I do think that. Like, when I worked at the hotel I worked at, we had a new new owners buy it and they just overnight changed all kinds of shit. And it was very hard for the people who had worked there for a really long time because... It felt exactly like I think it feels for Keith. But for Keith, it's even harder because it's like it's his brother. And it was his business that he owned. I mean, there's so much dignity lost in what's happening here. And I just feel I feel really bad for him. I think that Keith mentions it's when did it become Dan Scott service complex or annex or whatever. And Dan says, oh, well, Dan Scott's a name people can trust. And Keith's like, well, maybe those who don't know him. Yeah, because that was last week, wasn't it, that he said that? No, it was in this episode. Was it? Yeah, I have the notes down from this episode. Oh. I'm not just, I mean. Because I thought he mentioned in the last episode, because that's when that guy was. I don't remember. I think he was changing the sign, but I don't know that it was, it said it. I don't don't know what the impetus was for him saying Dan Scott is a name people can trust. I just know that it happened, and then Keith replied. I think it's great. That's what I know to be the truth. Speaking of brothers that can't stop fighting. Charlie. Charlie bit me. We've got Nathan and Lucas, and Nathan's shooting the ball. Lucas is standing around, of course. And Nathan says, like, hey, I don't have a problem getting open. And Lucas keeps saying, well, dude, you're going to get double teamed. You need to learn to do the fadeaway. Fadeaway is weak, man. Yeah. Like, you will not be able to get to the rack because you will be double teamed. Oh, yeah? Just watch me. I'll do your fadeaway when you can do this. And he goes and dunks. Oh, what an arrogant tool, honestly. Because I think, doesn't he do the fadeaway and misses at the river court when they're, or wherever they yes. are? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why Lucas is like, well, you have to practice this. And Nathan's like, well, fuck it. I'm not going to practice because I'm not going to do it. Boom. Because yeah, I just want to say, we'll talk about it a little bit later, actually. Because I'm going to come back to this moment, okay? 
I'm going to come back to this moment later in the episode. Okay. Do not let me forget. I will try to remember. I All can't right. guarantee anything. Because now we've got Lucas going to the school. And Karen's there. They've got their little bags. Mm-hmm. They're going on an overnight to Charlotte. Yes. You see Brooke walk by looking amazing. <laughs> I just love her. I'm sorry. Um, and Karen's like, ooh, still not talking, huh? And he's like, won't even look at me. I don't think that's what they say, but it's very clear. He's she not, says something like that. Something along those lines. And then we see there's another chap, another parent chaperoning. Yeah, we see Peyton get out of the car, and guess who is back from their big retreat out in the middle of the ocean? Guess who's back, 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 back again. Larry, Larry, Larry. Larry is back. And I, I have to say, I really like Larry. I think he's charming. He I think he's fun. fun. He seems like a fun dad. He does seem like a fun dad. It's just, it sucks that he's never around. Yeah. It's, I mean, <laughs> you know, you know it sucks that he's so neglectful. You're at sea for X amount of weeks and months out of the year. That's... He's your typical sailor type, you know? Yeah. He, But he's cool. He's coming to Chaperone. He, I think, I don't know if he gets introduced yet to Karen. Does, well, does that Whitey, happen next? Whitey introduces Karen and Larry. Basically tells them, you guys need to stop the kids from partying all weekend. Mm-hmm. And then we actually cut over to Whitey getting upset because Brooke has a ton of cheerleading equipment. Like pom-poms and those, don't they have like those big megaphone like, I don't know, maybe. I don't know what all that She's stuff got, is. Like, I feel like pom-poms can like squish together, but maybe I I'm feel wrong. like every guy could just like sit on one and they'd be fine, you know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> or just like hold one in their hands. I don't know. But yeah, there's this big, like, I love that. I do think it's funny that Brooke is just like screaming at Whitey. Like, she, like this is like a coach and teacher at the school, and she doesn't give a fuck. She's just screaming about it. And Nathan comes up, and he's like, well, Whitey, I, if you let me drive my own car, I will take all this stuff in the trunk with me all as well. And at first he's like, no, and then he, then he... He just wants Brooke to go away, so he agrees. I wonder if Whitey has rethought when episodes ago he stranded him 30 miles away from Tree Hill. <laughs> I mean, if I were Nathan, I would never again ride on a bus with... Like, I would never trust that he wasn't going to do it again. So I would always drive my own car, personally. Because I think about that. Mm-hmm. I can't believe we didn't get a lawsuit, but it was the 2000s, so... Well, what can you say? Things were different. And Nathan is going to drive his Mustang convertible. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Whitey does eventually agree, you're right, and he actually ropes Haley into going with him. And Haley's kind of a little bit bummed out because, like, oh, you know, Lucas was saving me a seat. Yeah. And she has to, like, like Lucas is sitting with the window down, and she says, hey, like, sorry, I'm going to go with Nathan. Yeah, it's kind of sad because I think the whole reason that she was going to go was because Lucas invited her to come so they could hang out together. Now, obviously, like, her boyfriend's there. It's going to be hard for her to not hang out with him a lot. But I do feel a little bit sad for Lucas in that scene. Mostly, though, I just think – I think Nathan is a little bit, like, douchey here because she says, oh, I'm – you know, Lucas is saving me a seat. I'm going to go with him. And he goes, what are you, in third grade? Come on, and we'll ride in style. And I just feel like it is – like, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of mean. I mean, it is. Like, they're friends. Like – yeah. I don't know. No, I felt a little bit bad for Lucas because you could see like, he looked bummed out whenever well, yeah, she... he was excited. Yeah. He was excited for her to come because this sucks because the thing is for Lucas is he's not even going to play. So like he's going because he's a part of the team, but he's not like he's going and getting to look forward to playing. Like for him, the only part that would have made this fun to go was having Haley there. And right. I'm not criticizing Haley for hanging out with her boyfriend. I just feel like I think this the issue that I have with this scene is that I can't tell what Haley actually wants because I know she was going to go with Lucas. Did she change? Did she change her mind? What's wrong with you? Alex is drinking Mountain Dew out of a huge wine glass. And as I was speaking, he like gave himself a little cheers in the mirror in our dining room and like winked and smiled at himself. I'm sexy and I know it. And that's what I'm trying to talk seriously about 
this is right in front of me. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's just, it was very charming. It's okay. It was very charming. No, but I was basically just saying, like, I feel like Haley, I don't know what she actually wants to do. Does she want, would she prefer to be going with Lucas? Would she, does she prefer to go with Nathan? Because when Nathan says, oh, just come with me, who cares? She immediately is like, okay, I'll go with him. Like, I, I don't know that she actually was like, oh, yeah, that would be much more fun. Like, I would rather. It's almost like she's just sort of being, like, batted around at this point. And I, if I knew how she felt, I would feel better about this scene. But I don't know how she feels. And Honestly, she looked kind of, I don't think she looked the happiest that she was going to, like, I think she felt bad. I think so, too. But, like, did she feel like she had to go with Nathan? It looked that way to me. I mean, I, I mean, that's kind of how it feels to me, too, which then I think, well, that's not nice of Nathan, you know, because, like, he kind of, I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll we, we come back to that storyline. That, that's a storyline that's continuing. So now we're at the hotel, though. Yeah, it, like, immediately picks up, and Whitey is saying, like, hey, like, it's lights out at 9 o'clock, okay? And room assignments are final. Everybody get your room assignments. Mm-hmm. And Whitey is beaming after he gives Lucas and Nathan their room assignment. Scott, Scott unalterable <laughs> he's delighted he and really they, is like nathan and lucas are rooming together mm-hmm. and nathan looks at lucas and says sure to change your name <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so funny i forgot he said that yeah, yeah that is so funny uh we actually immediately go into their room too i think and see the challenges they're having with getting along lucas is doing his physical therapy and he has like a stereo on that he's like blasting I thought that was background music, too, by the way. When I was watching this, I definitely <laughs> thought it was just background music. Yeah. Until Nathan came over and he turned off the music on the radio. Yeah. So he, Nathan turns off the music and then he turns on a game or whatever. And Lucas is annoyed. He's like, I was watching that. And Nathan's like, no, I don't care. I'm watching TV now. And I think what's funny about this is that they're both rude. It's not like Nathan. Like, Nathan is rude as a person in general. But, like, Lucas was also being rude. Like, you don't need to be blasting music in a room that you're sharing with somebody else just so you can do some shoulder lifts. See, I'm kind of surprised, too, because you can watch a basketball game with music on. So it's not like, you know. Oh, they okay, so you were more on Nathan's both... side with this. Well, I mean, no. on Lucas's side with this. Well, I think they could have both been happy. Like, you know what I mean? Well, I also just think, though, like, I personally would never just start, like, blasting music in a room I'm sharing with somebody else without. I just would never do that personally. Yeah. So for me, I was just like, well, it's, I mean, it just like, it's just as rude for him to come over and just turn it off. He should have asked like the whole thing. They could have, they're both very rude, but I just, I don't think it's like an open and shut case here. And like, who's the biggest douche in this moment? Cause yeah, they're both kind of shitty in my opinion. Well, we also find out about two others that are roomed together. Mm-hmm. Apparently not in alphabetical order, but no, because Peyton Sawyer and Brooke Davis right. are rooming together. Now I wonder if that was only for the basketball. Yeah, maybe. And I wonder if, like, honestly, it probably isn't the case. I'll bet you Whitey just said that to Nathan and Lucas. Oh yeah, because he had that big smile and he went into his room and he just kicked back. <laughs> oh, he, you, you know, you're probably right. Actually, it probably was entirely just Whitey wanting to like have fun. Yeah, That's... I think it's great. It is great. It's funny. Um, but Brooke and Peyton are not, they're rooming together. They're not in a great place with their friendship still. Um, they're still basically not on speaking terms at this point. And they want to call a cheer truce because Brooke wants to do what is best for the squad. And But that's it. It's There's definitely no, I want to do this because of our friendship. It's very much just like, we'll just do this to get through the weekend. Right. And then we see there's a adjoining room mm-hmm. and Peyton goes to the door and opens it up and she sees Jake none other than Jake Jagelski 
Which is exactly what he says when, yes. when he sees them. That's why I said that. <laughs> That's why I figured. <laughs> um, Peyton's like, okay, cool. And then like proceeds to leave. Which I can't imagine Whitey being like, right? conscious of them having adjoining rooms. Like boys and girls having yeah. adjoining rooms. Yeah, for sure. Now I will say, from the hotel's perspective... They probably just had a room block and just had them randomly blocked off. And whoever checked in, they just like assigned each one going down the road. That's probably what happened. So there, it's it's very understandable from that perspective how this would be a hard thing to monitor unless the high school specifically was like you cannot have adjoining rooms with people who are not same gender. You know? Yeah. It could be an easy oversight, but I had the same thought too. I was like, really? Anyway, so he she Peyton goes in with Jake and. They, they I like their little friendship. Like they have a good vibe, I think. Yeah, they're, they're friends. little friends. They're talking like like Jake, how you doing? You know, and then Jake's having Jenny withdrawal, mm-hmm. as he says. That's cute. And there have been some new developments. Yeah, that he's about to get into them, but then Brooke Peyton starts pounding on the door. She's screaming. We have a we have an emergency. And Peyton goes back over, and she finds out that Brooke is upset because the competition that always wins. Those Bear Creek warriors are down in the lobby. I'm not sure. I still don't understand why this constitutes an emergency. It doesn't. They're just <laughs> existing in the lobby. Like, what is what does that mean? Like, they have to. I don't know. They have to make their presence. Like, that's the thing. We have to show them that we're here and we're not afraid of them. I don't know. I have no idea how this is. An I have no idea either. But she, but she gets the whole posse together. Oh, and while they're walking down, they're going down to confront them. She tells Teresa, one of the cheerleaders, oh, cover your zits because you look awful or whatever. So they get downstairs. They confront Claire Young and the Bear Creek Warriors. Claire Young pretends she doesn't remember or recognize Brooke, which offends Brooke, of course, because they roomed together last year at cheer camp or whatever, last summer. Claire Young's kind of just a bitch. Yeah, I mean, Brooke wishes her luck. And then Claire says, we've won four years in a row. Maybe you should keep your luck for yourself. (laughs) By the way. Who are you again? Right? Oh, so bitchy. <laughs> but basically, Claire is just... Petty little bitch. Absolutely. I just don't really understand what Brooke is trying to accomplish here, but I'm sure that that's not what's on her mind. <laughs> I mean, to me, I'm just like, why would you... I'd, I would avoid the confrontation any way that I could. I mean, in general, I would avoid confrontation if I could. I don't know. Maybe she just doesn't want to back down and you know doesn't want to seem come across as weak to these people. I don't know. I don't I know. I have no clue. But now we see Haley walking down the hotel hallway and suddenly somebody grasps her arm and thrusts her back into the room <laughs> who is it who could it be it's nathan honey yes, didn't you watch? i know i know i just thought that was interesting like part of me when i when i was first watching this i was like wow was he just like waiting for like anybody to like walk by how did he know Haley was coming by like he must have like texted Haley on his cellular telephone and said hey come over to the room because he was just like he was poised and waiting for her to walk crouching by. tiger hitting dragon is that how it goes yeah, anyway. like, yeah he, he grabs her pulls her in starts kissing her and she's like well i have to go meet lucas for pizza and he's like yeah just like hang out here for a minute and kiss me and then almost immediately lucas barges in and is like well i thought we were meeting for pizza i guess we're not which i think is interesting because it's his room like he's obviously not on time because <laughs> if he's supposed to be meeting her somewhere for pizza i'm just saying well they said that they were going to meet in the lobby for pizza that's what i'm saying why did he lucas come back to his be- his bedroom though maybe he needed to get change for a tip i'm just saying why would he assume when he sees her then she's not because it's because it is lucas's room also well i would have them, assumed he sees them kissing so he well, probably of course they're kissing they're boyfriend girlfriend I don't know, maybe she he... could have easily come down there thinking oh i'm gonna meet him at the his room oh here's nathan let me make out with him you know well, I don't, Lucas gets sen- sensitive about it and immediately is like, all right, well, guess we're not meeting. See you later. And he barges out. 
she follows him. Says, hey, like, Lucas, Luke. He says, it's okay. It's cool. Go be with your boyfriend. Well, obviously you know. she feels like shit about it. Yeah, he, he seems bummed out. But he's not, like, you know, he's just like, hey, go, go be with your boyfriend. Mm-hmm. You know? So I will say, Lucas is not, like, making a... No, he's not, like, throwing a big fucking stink not, at this moment. Yeah, he's not throwing a fit or anything like that. No, he, he gets worse later. <laughs> no, he's fine right now. But speaking of canceling plans for dinner... <laughs> Karen calls Keith from her hotel room. So I think this is kind of interesting. Why did she call like right after she found out she wasn't going to be able to go? I don't know. But she... She forgot. I guess she forgot. She calls Keith to cancel because she had to go to the chaperone and she's in Charlotte, blah, blah, blah. And we see Keith. Poor little Keith. Keith is standing at his mirror or by his bed, you know, in his room somewhere. Yeah. And he's wearing a brand new shirt. We know it's new because the tag is still on it. Oh, Keith. Which is really sad. It's really sad. I just like it breaks my heart imagining him going out and buying a shirt because he wants to look nice. He like, oh, maybe this will be the night. Things get better. Oh, so sad. And then he says, well, I was going to have to cancel anyway because I had to work. Lies. It was a lie. Lies. I feel bad for Keith, honestly. God, his Keith's life, life sucks. sucks. It sucks. His life is awful. It's like everything he ever wanted was ripped away from him. And then on top of that, he lost his business to his brother. God, just go back to Europe, Keith. It'll get better. Yeah, go backpack again. Go, you go grab your backpack and get over there, son. It'll get better for you if you do. Meanwhile. We've got Brooke and Peyton. Walking around the hotel. Brooke is venting. Very angry that Claire pretended not to recognize her. And Peyton's like, well, remember, you did make out with her boyfriend at your camp. And Brooke's like, um, excuse me, I didn't know they were dating, unlike you. And that's that. <laughs> No, there's more to that. They end up running into a group of the cheerleaders. Teresa, who before we thought was just having a breakout, turns out she is covered in chicken pox. But first, before that happens, we see Tim actually walks up and he makes a comment that the boys are sneaking out after curfew. Oh, that's right. Brooke says, buzz off, twerp. He doesn't, she doesn't say that exactly. She says it with her eyes and face. Yeah. And because they have cheerleading to focus on. But then you're absolutely right. Girls are huddled around, and she finds out that Teresa does have chicken pox. Yep. Which is and crazy. so Teresa has to go home. She can't be a part of this. She has to leave. So that means that their perfectly orchestrated cheer routine for 10 people, they're now down to nine, which means they cannot compete. Disaster is looming. Disaster is looming, and it is terrible for Brooke. So Peyton has that idea. You know what? Maybe I can round up another person to be a cheerleader. So she finds Haley. And she's beg- she does basically beg her to join the team. She and- does. And it, she actually brings up how, like, you know, I helped you out when <laughs> yeah. Karen's Cafe needed those those flyers and stuff like that. Yeah. But it is, like, this is a monumental task. This is a huge task. For less than 24 hours away from having to perform this. I would never in a million years have done agreed to this, like, personally. Yeah. But Haley says, when she says makes that comparison, Haley's like, well, yeah, but you're a natural artist. I'm a born klutz. I want to question that how much of a boring klutz she could be when she pulls this shit off but nevertheless that is her stitch she's a she's a boring klutz like every quirky girl yeah that's right you know but peyton is doing this because she says it's important to brooke she's trying to be the better friend she is going with the philosophy that i've heard a lot show don't tell (laughs) i taught alex the show don't tell as a um that's a mantra in creative writing for those who don't know I mean, it basically means what it's saying. 
it's he he doesn't let it go. He loves I it. Think about it constantly. He thinks about it all the time. He tells it to other people. It's the truth. I've told people that at work before. Yeah. Mostly to get them to stop telling me about shit they're gonna do. Like, <laughs> you just do say shut up, tell. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's beautiful. Um, but she does say to she does say to Haley, "Do you know how terrible it is to be disconnected from your best friend?" And Haley has a thoughtful little look on her face because that's the theme of this episode. It, actually, in a lot of ways, that's the theme of this episode. You have Haley and Lucas disconnected. You have Peyton and Brooke disconnected. You even have Karen and Keith disconnected. Like there are all these friendships that are currently hanging in the balance. So. That gets Haley to agree. She's ready to do it. Now we're back at the body shop. Mm -hmm. And we see Dan walking around with, I forget what the guy's name is, but the like the boss that he kind of instilled there mm -hmm. from his original service center. I know that the guy tells Dan, like everybody's still trying to get the hang, like get the knack of all the equipment and stuff like that. And they're focusing on Keith. Yeah, Keith is standing there at a, like a podium with a, with a computer, and he's clear. He looks like he's struggling. A well, little he's bit. got like a book out, I think, doesn't he? Yeah. Like he's like reading and trying to figure out how yeah. to how to use like the new equipment and stuff like that. But yeah. then Dan is just being a total dick. God, Dan is such an asshole in this scene. Because at first he's not being. I will say that at first he's not. Because he's even like he's suggesting to Keith like maybe you could enroll in some classes. Yeah. But it very quickly goes from there, and it like hey maybe you could enroll in some classes because this will help you to if you'd have gone to college in the first place. You might not have to get your hands dirty at all. God. So he oh. very quickly makes like a 180. He's such an asshole. I just, I hate the way he treats Keith. Like, it is so sad for Keith. What? There's nothing wrong with not going to college. There's nothing wrong with him just wanting to have this kind of hands-on position. He likes the work he did. I think he enjoyed being a mechanic. Yeah. This is a totally different vibe, though, with all the electronic stuff. Like, it is a totally different thing. And I, I feel bad for Keith. I, I hate that Dan says that to him. Dan is coming from such like a privileged place, and I just, I can't stand it. But that's that's that that's what's happening. You can see every scene with them. It's just like the pressure is mounting inside of Keith. He's getting more and more frustrated and hurt and upset by the situation. It's it's building. Yeah, and now we actually see something else building. Karen and Larry. Ooh. They're walking down the hallway. They're chaperones. You know what? All looks well. How about we meet back up in a half an hour for a cup of coffee? Not all is completely well. Things are overall going very, very well. However, there was one incident of someone peeing in the icebox. Somebody peed in the icebox? Alex, do you know who peed in the icebox? I don't remember this happening at all. They this was said this? in the this was said very briefly. I I'm assuming Tim. Yes, it was Tim. <laughs> <laughs> okay. seems, so that's brilliant. <laughs> he seems like the type that would do it. So. He is the type that would do it. So that was the only thing that happened. Otherwise, everything has gone very well. Um, but Tim pee did pee in, in the icebox. Why would he pee in the icebox? I why would he? Maybe he wanted to melt it. I don't know. It's so strange. It's disturbing to think about anyone peeing in an icebox, but that's what happened. But the, the fact that that happened and it's still like, oh, okay, this has been a successful night is amazing to me. But hey, I guess when you're dealing with all these kids, it is. The moment they depart, you see the hallways fill with boys and girls. See, they all stick their heads out of the doors, almost like a Scooby Doo episode. At the same time, yeah. Yeah. Boop. Yeah. And then they tiptoe out of their room and they're all running towards the entrance. Through the window. Okay, sorry. You know. I listen, I, I'm sorry. I hear a word and it just triggers a song and I what can I do? And Karen, she decides to go and visit Brooke with her time. Mm -hmm. And she starts to have a kind of like a little heart to heart. Now like how are you doing? Because she wants to find out like how is Brooke doing since the Lucas debacle. Mm-hmm. And Brooke actually opens up a little bit, you know, like I'm, I'm upset and I'm like, I'm, I'm back to square one. Yeah. Cause she's saying basically, you know, this whole thing has been really, really hard for me. 
But recently I've had this cheer competition that I could focus on and being able to focus on the cheer competition has made it easier for me to not think about how much my life is sucking right now. So now Alex is holding the Mountain Dew wine glass, circling it in his hand, sniffing it as if it is wine. Alex, what are you doing? Well, you were talking. I had time to do this. Well, but what do you think is that going to happen? I'm looking at you while you're doing it. I don't know. I wanted to see what it smelled like. I can't contain myself when I watch this man. Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet ass pussy. He is something special. Anyway. You know, I do like that Karen actually apologizes and she says, I'm sorry about Lucas. Yeah. And Brooke says, his loss, right? And she's like, well, I'm sure he realizes that or something. And I think this is the first time since the breakup. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm, I'm going to say the breakup episode, okay? Because the end of the breakup episode, like, I don't want to be your guys' friend. I don't want anything to do with either of you. You know yes. what I mean? I think this is the first time since then, which has been a couple episodes now. Where she is not putting on that tough exterior. Yeah. That she's like opening up and showing a softer side again. Well, it's true because even at the beginning of this episode with cheerleading practice, she was being pretty rough, you know? So you're right. I think that's true. Well, I think part of it too is like, I think she has a lot of respect for Karen. I think she really likes Karen and feels, I mean, she doesn't have any kind of maternal figure in her life that's like checking in on her that we're aware of. And like, she's just very lonely. I think having somebody actually care and pay attention to her and ask if she's okay and stuff is probably nice. You know, it gives yeah. her an opportunity to let it down, but also maybe suggests too some time has passed and she's starting to kind of deal with it more. I think especially since it's an adult and she doesn't have any like yeah. real parents that seem to care about her at all, as she's mentioned in passing to multiple people. You know what I mean? So it's very good. Yeah, it's nice. But as they're talking, then Peyton comes in with Haley. Can I just mention something here? Yeah, of course. Karen makes a comment that she is a former cheer captain, yes. doesn't she? Yeah. I never th- I never knew she was in cheerleading. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've mentioned it before, I think. It makes sense why Dan would be dating her then mm-hmm. back in high school. He, she was a cheer cheer captain. He was like the star of the, the baseball. Football team? Basketball team. I said, fo- I said football and baseball before I said basketball. Jesus. I knew I, you'd get there. I know. Thank you. So I guess I forgot about that. I For some reason, I remember we saw a video of them at their prom. Yeah, like homecoming or prom or something. Homecoming, prom, whatever. Yeah. And where she said, you know, they're going to get married and stuff like that. But for some reason, I thought that they were showing Karen as like a nobody before. Oh, no. But I can't. I mean, obviously, I couldn't remember. No, Karen. I mean, we. this isn't the fir- the last time we hear about this with Karen. But yeah, she she we get the impression, I think, that she was pretty popular in high school. Actually, in one of the way earlier episodes, Whitey says to her, oh, it's nice to see you in my gym again. And I feel like that kind of is probably the reason, because if it's just like it is now, the girls were probably practicing or warming up or whatever yeah. right there in the gym with the guys. But Peyton comes in with Haley and is like, hey, I found a replacement. Haley can step in. And Brooke's like, um, no, like this is not possible. And Peyton gives her a little like pep talk and is like, listen, like if everybody here who's willing to work, we can make it happen. You just have to like get off your ass and stop feeling sorry for yourself. And stop pouting. Yeah. And Brooke gets excited. You know, like we'd have to practice all night, which means like we're going to have to break curfew. And Karen's like, listen. What is what even is curfew? And then she walks away. <laughs> what even is time? She mentions the comment. Karen says, I wasn't here. And then walks away. Yep. And then so, proceeds to pee in the icebox. <laughs> you know. So Brooke is all down to business now. She's motivated. She's excited. So she the first thing she does is get out there and get the girls who are about to go off with the boys. She stops them from being taken away by Tim. Trying to sneak out. And then you actually see Jake and Lucas talking a little bit. And I thought you were going to hang out with Haley. 
and Lucas mentions, well, actually, she's probably going to hang out with Nathan because, you know, they're boyfriend and girlfriend. But then Nathan strolls on up. He's also going to go, so. But then that is when Brooke comes out and she says, hey, listen, we need to practice all night. And honestly, the cheer squad does not look very cheery about the news that they're going to be up all night doing this. Would you be? No. They're probably excited because they were like, oh, fuck yeah, we can go party. Absolutely not. Like, I wouldn't want to cheer if I didn't have to. <laughs> then Jake actually says, you know, it's pretty bad when our cheerleaders bail on us. <laughs> but then Tim is here and he wants to save the day. I know this club. They're a little loose on checking IDs. That's not the only thing that's loose. <laughs> and Nathan's like, Tim... Just say it's a strip club. Like, Nathan's not into all this, like, cloak and dagger stuff. Just say it's a strip club. Nathan, give a fuck. And then Tim says, Everybody chips in 10 bucks, and I grease the bounce. And after that, you can bribe me. <laughs> 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 Which I really loved. I know, that was actually a really funny line. That was very funny. Surprisingly dirty. I mean, I love the, the dirty parts of the show. I can't wait for more. Yeah, I think it's cute. So they are all going to go out, get into a strip club, and live their best lives. Good for them. Now we see the cheerleaders are practicing. Haley is being inducted into the little cheer world. And she's struggling to keep up a little bit. But I mean, of course she is because she's never cheered before. And is trying to catch up onto a routine immediately in the middle of the night. Like it's, it's a terrible situation for Haley. But Brooke is a little bit impatient and kind of like get it together. And Haley is like, come on, please. I'm doing my best. Meanwhile, Claire Young and her little posse come in. And they start kind of like confronting Brooke and the Ravens and talking about how their routine probably sucks and they're terrible or whatever. And um, I just wrote, she comes in and she's mean. <laughs> yeah, she comes in and starts talking shit. She does. But then she's actually like rallying the Ravens a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because even Haley's watching this and like, what the fuck? Are you kidding, bitch? I'll take you out. <laughs> yeah, and Brooke is arguing with her and Peyton comes up and like defends Brooke and is like, you better get away from my friend. And I could see, if you look at Brooke's face during that, you could see, like, Brooke is kind of touched that Peyton came up to support her in that way because, like, she'd been kind of feeling alone with it. So after that, they're, you know, Brooke is all, like, roused and is kind of like, you know what, whatever. Maybe their routine is horrible. Like, that's all we can hope for. And then Mouth comes in and is like, actually. Almost like he's been waiting for the perfect <laughs> he's just waiting on the side to come on in. Yeah. Mouth comes in and he's like, actually, their routine is really good. He proceeds to recreate this almost exactly. So I, I wonder if he has like a little bit of an eidetic memory. How uh -huh. would he remember this dance routine as well as he does? Honestly, Mouth is really good. And then Brooke actually offers like, hey, Mouth, do you want to replace Tudor Girl? Honestly, everyone should have agreed to that. I feel like he would have been very good. But it makes them redo the choreography. Mm -hmm. Because once Mouth does this, you know, he says like three other teams have a junior senior. What does that mean? I think junior senior is a, a song, like a band oh, okay. that some of the music, I think. And so I think it's not only is their choreography, they need to like up their choreography, but all these other band, all these other teams are actually, I think there was only five teams to like period. So if three other teams have junior senior, that's pretty bad. Yeah. So, so Peyton says, you know what? You make up some new moves. Yeah, well, what about the song? I'll take care of the song. It hadn't been forgotten, I'd Joe. I'd been married a long time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Cotton, I'd Joe. And then what's interesting to me is Mouth here. Did the other teams really all practice to where he could just like freely watch? They haven't been at this hotel that long. I'm just surprised that like, he saw every other team. Well, I wonder if there's just, I mean, I don't know, because I actually had the thought of like, they look like they're in like an auditorium or something right now, don't they? Yeah. So, like, I've never been to a hotel that has an auditorium like that before. 
I never have either, but... So, which, I mean, obviously it's a big conference hotel, so it probably has a lot of rooms like that. But I guess I am a little bit surprised there's just all this free space available for them to practice. But maybe they were each assigned spaces to practice. And that, you know what I mean? Like, just because they, they're not competing until the next day. Maybe they were each assigned... Every team had a place that was set aside for them to practice and get ready. Yeah. I still can't get over the fact that there are no adults involved in this at all. There is no... There's no head of like like cheerleading head coach or anything. There's no one. It's literally just these girls trying to figure their shit out. That makes no sense to me. I can't deal with it. I think it's great. I just think it's weird. I've never heard of that before. I think it's great. And I think it's great that if you were to go and look at the rest of the universe during this time, Mouth is sitting in the auditorium writing notes down on a little notepad. I think he's writing notes though, as you said. Like I think he's just committing every one of their movements to memory. See, it's crazy. Amazing. No, it's so it's a very, very cute thing. That's this is not the first time we see Mouth dance slash cheer in some capacity so that is something he has going for him always lee norris has got some moves he has like i couldn't do any of that stuff he did um no i could so, do a diagonal maybe i think a diagonal you just move your hands in like a diagonal right yep i just did a diagonal i could do a diagonal but that is about it i can't do anything else so meanwhile they are they are now in go mode they have to rework their their routine they have to get new music blah blah, blah. the boys though are having a great time they're at the club Jake is talking to Lucas and Lucas is asking about Jenny's mom. Well, because Jake brings up, you know, this happened. Jenny's mom is back in town and like this is kind of stressing me out. And Lucas is like, holy shit, it's a big deal. Let's talk about it. Let's talk. What are you doing? What's going to happen? Next move. Let's work through this. She's single. (laughs) Well, and Jake is like, listen, I don't I really don't want to talk about this right now. I don't get nights like this too often. And all I thought was like, well, no, because you're 16 and you're in a bar. That does not happen very often for most 16-year-olds. But I know what he means. He doesn't really get to go out with his friends. He doesn't get to socialize. Like, you know, he's a he's a busy single dad. Just as a reminder, the mom that we're talking about is Nikki. But it's Nikki not about her and it's not about him. <laughs> yep. So that's the one thing to remember. Yep, that's true. So I'm very excited because I can't remember how they talked to each other about this. How it gets revealed? Yeah. That... Just as a recap that Lucas fucked Nikki on the carousel. <laughs> yeah, it's, it'll be interesting when that comes out. I'm excited for it to come out. It comes out in a few episodes. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Jake is talking after he says, you know, I don't really want to talk about this. I don't get many nights like this. Like, like how are you and Peyton? And like, you know, Lucas is kind of saying like, you know, things aren't going great. Mm-hmm. And with Haley, like, I just don't know. Like, uh, what does she see in Nathan? Luke, I mean, Nathan's not my favorite guy, but I don't know. If Haley sees something in him, there's probably something there. She's got pretty good taste in people, right? I think that is great. That's like spot on advice that he could give her right now. I think it's great because like he give him. Jake is basically saying like, Lucas, Haley is your best friend. She chose a good guy in that sense. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't she choose a good guy in this other sense? Yeah. So well, it's very, yeah, very it's, nice, Jake. It is nice. I think it's, I think that's helpful. But then after, after this little exchange, we, the night gets going. And, and strippers start coming out. Strippers start coming out. We realize they, they're the guys are looking around. They're like, "Huh, this is an interesting crowd. It's, it's, it's mostly ladies." But then it turns out it's ladies' night. Woohoo! And the men come out and they start stripping off their pants. Balls everywhere. Bounce, 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 bounce. bounce. Yup. Yes. <laughs> and. The look on their faces is so great. It is great. Tim, I feel like Tim is obviously embarrassed because he's the reason this whole thing is going down the way it is. But. but I love the shot where they have, you can see behind the stripper a little bit, the male stripper with his bare legs. And then Tim, like, looking sheepishly away. <laughs> Just so great. 
so great. It's very funny. After that, we go to... Check back in with the cheerleaders. And Brooke is teaching the group the new routine. And I just, I kept noticing that Mouth knows so much about cheerleading here. Because he starts, this is where he's doing the diagonal and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Brooke says, Tudor girl, do a diagonal. What's a diagonal? And then <laughs> Mouth, <laughs> Mouth replicates it perfectly. Mm-hmm. It is interesting. Like, why does he know so much about, like, what the moves are even called? But here's the thing about Mouth, though. Mouth obsessively consumes sports, right? Because he watches sports because he wants to be a, a newscast or sportscaster or whatever. So he probably has seen, also has watched cheerleading competitions. Like, he probably has. He probably knows everything about it. But he's also like a perv, you know, so he's really into watching girls. That's true. So. I mean, it's very helpful for this moment, though, I guess. It's very, it's really cute. I think, I think that Mouth's involvement in this whole episode is honestly like one of my favorite episodes with him. I just think it's really cute. His relationship with Brooke and his like involvement in all this is just like adorable to me. Well, then we see Peyton walk back in and she has got a new mix. Nobody else is going to have this song. Yep. So, this better be good, Brooke says. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. But for now, the boys are walking home. Or back to the hotel, I guess I should say. And Nathan actually breaks off from the group. And Lucas is like, hey, where are you going? <laughs> what? I just like the way the way you recreate it. It sounds so earnest. Where Lucas is breaking away and Nathan's like, or Nathan breaks away and Lucas is like, where are you going? Like, he's just like, it's so cute. <laughs> Go on. Well, Nathan's going to the gym. He wants to check it out. Mm-hmm. So they're going to get in the gym before the game tomorrow. Nathan. And Lucas says, you know what? Can I come with you? Like, I want to join you. And Nathan says, whatever, bitch. (laughs) And they get into the gym. Nathan starts shooting the ball. And they start to have a little bit of a talk together. Yeah. I mean, they're talking at first primarily about, like, the fadeaway and all that stuff. And, and again, Nathan is like, you know, the fadeaway is soft. I'm either going to go all the way or I'm not going to do it. Whatever. Like That's my game. That's my game. I'm not changing it for anybody. But then Lucas... I don't remember how it comes up exactly. Maybe you do. But at a certain point, this is where Lucas and Nathan start talking about Lucas's shoulder and healing. And Lucas is obviously he's depressed about not knowing when he's going to play again or how he'll play. And Nathan gives him some advice of basically like, you know, I broke my elbow, was it? Oh, a couple years ago or something like that. An elbow. Yeah. yeah. And he said it, t- it took him like six weeks. And then eventually he just started pushing through the pain and playing and he just started playing again. It was fine. I think he said in six weeks I was playing again. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Which is like, honestly, it's crazy. I don't think it's great advice. No, it's not great advice, but it's, <laughs> it's not great advice for your body, obviously. No. But I think it's nice, if nothing else, that Nathan is giving him that advice and encouraging him. Because honestly, a few episodes ago, like earlier in the season, he was trying to get anything he could to get Lucas to leave the team. So the fact that he's giving him advice about like how to get back the game faster is, I think that is nice. It is very nice. Yeah. Because he, you know, he's just telling him, like, hey, you just have to start shooting and live with the pain. Pain is your friend. That is life. Reminds me of Kobe it. Bryant. I'm pretty sure he, like, during his, like, last season or, or sometime, he would tweak his ankle or, or like, sprained his ankle. Mm-hmm. But then still got up and, like, limped over to the free throw line and still made both of his free throws. <laughs> before awesome. Before he went out of the game. Jesus. Like, That's... I don't remember when that was, but I remember that happening. Wow. Very interesting. Well, I guess these are the people that they're looking up to, you know. That's true, because this is, like, 2004, right? hmm At this time, the Lakers, I think, were having, they had, like, three championships in a row. Kobe Bryant was, he was doing his thing. Yeah. You know, with Shaq. So, that's pretty cool. Wow. Feels like a long time ago. It was a long time ago. 
so after this, though, we see the girls. We're back at the hotel. The girls are in the hot tub. I guess it went well. They feel they're taking a break because they somehow they created a scene, a, a, an entire routine. They created a new song. They've practiced it enough time to have it completely memorized. And now they're relaxed. How long is this night? I don't know. I don't know. But we see all these cheerleaders in the hot tub and mm-hmm. we see mouth smack dab in the middle. Yep. It's not just a wet dream. This is reality. <laughs> this is reality. Now. Okay. <laughs> yes. And Peyton and Haley walk in with a brand new uniform for Haley. Haley looks great. So I'm curious, where did this perfectly fitting uniform come from? I'm assuming maybe it was, um, well, I was going to say maybe Teresa's, but Teresa's gone. So I don't know, maybe they just had like an extra one that, maybe guess, Brooke had an extra one. They probably do have extra, I guess, in case anything happens. Yeah, actually, I mean, we used to, for when I played tennis, we used to bring extras with us sometimes, just like really? random ones, just in case something happened. I actually forgot about that. But yeah, we used to have a little box that we would bring of just random stuff like that, just in case. I can't remember in marching band us ever bringing extra of anything. So if somebody like forgot their like plume or or like a gauntlet somewhere, like they were just out of luck. Wow, that sucks. Because there's like a lot more to those outfits than like what we did. Yeah, they were like ridiculous outfits too. Yeah, they were. But Brooke (laughs) is like pretty happy about this, and like she's happy and says like, "Hey, why don't you both get in the hot tub?" Yeah, like she's. It's really nice because like she's inviting Haley in, but then she said, "Well, she says." Come in the hot tub. And then she says, both of you. And she looks directly at Peyton. And she kind of smiles. And Peyton is like, like Peyton's little heart flutters. Like, she's so happy. She's like, oh, my God, my friend. Breaks my heart. Because she's so happy. And, and they're going to get in. But then um, I think Nathan comes in, right? Or does yeah. is, is Lucas come in? Oh, no, Nathan comes in first, and he's like, wow, you look fucking banging. Like, hey, I've got a thing for cheerleaders. Yeah. <laughs> really? I, that would make me feel kind of weird, I think, if my if he said that just because he's dated the cheerleaders before, it would make me feel kind of weird if I were Haley. I don't think she knows the full extent of the cheerleading dating. Though. Oh, you're right. Actually, you're right. She doesn't know the full extent of his, his uh, history at yeah. this point in the series. So we'll find so, out about that. <laughs> she'll find out later. Then, I mean, and that, then, but I think Nathan's all like excited about her and stuff. But then Lucas sees her. Lucas comes in and says, "Like, hey, like you look ridiculous," which is pretty sad. It's really mean because she's like really excited. She's feeling like hot and good, and he's she's like, "What do you think?" And he's like, "I think you're ridiculous." And she's like, "You know, Lucas." She's clearly hurt. She's like, "You know, both you do realize both of your former girlfriends were cheerleaders, right?" And he's just like. I don't know. I don't remember what he says. He says something shitty, and she's like, "You know what? I'm just happy, and I'm having fun. I thought you'd be happy for me." That you I'm think my friends time. would be happy for me too? Yeah. Yeah. That I feel bad for her there, because like I've been in situations like that before, where I've been really excited about something and like really proud and like happy, and then somebody else has totally brought me down, just like bought me not being supportive, and that's really hard. That is hard. Like she was very nervous and uncertain about the situation at the beginning of the night, but she was feeling pretty good and happy. Well, and that's like vulnerable for her too. Like All it's it takes vulnerable. Is one comment, and then there you are. You're back down to the bottom again. Right. Like I just think it hurt her. I yeah. mean, the good thing about Haley though is that she is very self assured as a person. I think she's hurt, but in the context of the friendship, I don't think it's making her now feel self conscious and weird because everybody else is supporting her and telling her she looks awesome and everything. It's just it's interesting. I I feel like well we we touch on it very quickly again. Soon, I mean I actually. do like that she comes right out and says, "Hey, you think my friends would be happy for me too?" Yeah, you know I like it too. Nice. She's calling them out. Uh, but they're all having a great time. People are jumping in the pool, going fucking wild, and then Whitey comes out screaming like a foghorn. He has 
the look of fury on his face. He is so furious. And everybody stops and stares. But then you start hearing Whitey yell. Like, how am I going to win a ball game with a bunch of hungover idiots? Mm-hmm. And then it actually shows who he's yelling at. It's not the kids. It is none other than Karen and Larry, who have done a poor, poor job as chaperones, according to according to Whitey. And they're sitting there kind of giggling, like they don't give a shit. Larry thinking about how he just pissed in the icebox himself. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, I just think that's such a strange thing. To piss in the icebox? I can't get over it. I, I mean, why would anyone ever do that? I don't know. This is just, this is the world of Tree Hill. This so, is the world we're living in right now. So now I'm imagining everybody peeing in the icebox. So, so you're so never going to have ice again in a hotel? I don't drink ice normally. Well, that's Maybe true, that's actually. That is true. Maybe I have some subconscious thing that happened Maybe you actually saw this episode when it was airing live years ago. And you were so traumatized by the thought of it that you could never watch more and you could never drink ice or have ice. That's probably what happened. Next, we see Nathan is up playing some kind of... Is this a Game Boy? Because that looks way older than a Game Boy to me. I think it looks like one of those standalone like electronic games that you can just buy. Oh, okay. Where it's only one game or something? Yeah. Okay. It, was, it was some kind of like basketball handheld. Okay. So... <laughs> So Nathan is playing. So we see Nathan playing this game in the middle of the night, and Lucas wakes up and is like, "Whoa, bro, what are you doing? It's four a.m. What are you thinking?" I mean, if I go to sleep now, I probably won't wake up. I'll be a waste for the game tomorrow. That's sound logic. I don't think it is. I have done that many times where I've stayed up an entire night because. It's like three in the morning. I'm like, well, if I go to sleep now, it's going to be like, I'm going to be even worse when I wake up because it's true. Like I, I once stayed up writing a paper. This was in grad school too. This is embarrassing. But I stayed up until like 5 a.m. writing a paper that was due at like 10 and I went to sleep for two hours and it was horrible. I was so much more tired than I think if I had just stayed up because my body was, but anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, so they start talking though, which is interesting because Nathan says, let's still listen. Like, what are you doing to Haley? Because like you were really a dick to her tonight. And Lucas just starts leveling because it's 4 a.m. and there's no guards up anymore. This is just what you do. He says, she used to be this totally original Haley. And then you came along. And Nathan goes, she's the same as she's always been. But now she's with me. So maybe the problem isn't her, but it's you. Boom. That's a pretty good insight from Nathan. I mean, it is good. And Lucas turns over and he buries his head into the pillow and he starts thinking about everything. Lucas has things to think about. He has a life to contemplate and i think it's great good. i think it's good too but that's their i mean it's a very brief exchange but i like that nathan actually calls him out for being mean to her tonight i think that if anything that shows that he's like he at least cares about her you know i think it's good that the scott boys are being real with each other i think it's great yes i'm real the way you walk the way you move now the secret sparkle classic starts and i do think it's interesting that this is like a cheerleading competition and basketball Mm -hmm. like is it a basketball game just one basketball game but they have multiple schools show up for or they have multiple basketball games this weekend i don't know i'm thinking what it is is it some sort of like playoff playoffs don't talk about playoffs you kidding me playoffs like playoffs for basketball and it just happens to align with this cheerleading competition I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's what I, I was know. imagining. Either way, the reigning champs, the Bear Creek Warriors, start out. 
And they even have a line in their little cheer about being better than the Ravens. That was hilarious. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Notice how I got a goblet that doesn't make much noise. Unlike your... Oh my God. Are you serious? Unlike your uh, metal straw in the glass. I'm doing my best. Well. God. No, I think that line is really funny. Um, And I guess like watching their routine. Okay. Watching their routine, these Bear Creek Warriors who win every year. I guess they're good. I, but I feel like when your standard is bring it on, like... I'm sorry. This doesn't do anything for me. Which we honestly stopped recording this <laughs> like 10 minutes ago. Went and watched a bunch of Bring It On stuff. What, yes, we did. And now we're back. Now we're back. And I'm even more convinced that this is not as good as Bring It On. <laughs> because I just learned that Haley was actually... Bethany Beth- Joy Lenz yes. was in uh, Bring It On 2 or something. Yeah, I think she was in the second Bring It On. Like, in it to win it or... Let's try again or something like that. I don't Whatever. remember what it's called. But she was in the second one, which I've never actually seen the second one, but I've seen others. And either way, this is definitely not her first cheer competition. But I don't know. I just like, I feel like, and I'm not having like super high. If anything, this is more realistic to how actual high school cheerleaders are, where it's like, okay, it's like fine. I've you never know? seen our cheerleaders at my high school do anything I, other than basketball or uh, football yeah. games. Yeah, like I never, I never, maybe that's on me. I don't know. Maybe not every cheerleading team or squad or whatever also is involved in these kinds of competitions. But I feel like I was only aware of the school girls at my school cheering on the sidelines at games. Like I had no idea they did anything beyond that. Yeah. So even the basketball players are actually in the audience watching this, which I think is interesting too. And. I know that the song they have is kind of weird because it, they just keep repeating, mix it up, big brother, to the funky, funky beat. Do you remember that? Mix it up, big brother, to the funky, funky beat. Is that how it goes or did I just make that up? I have no idea. It might go like that. Mix it up, big brother, to the funky, funky beat. Mix it up, big brother, to the funky, funky beat. But I remember <laughs> listening to this and I thought it was, it was just like, what, what a collection of words. Yeah. I mean, it's not great. I'll be honest. It's not great. Up next, it is the Tree Hill Ravens, and Brooke is making her attempt at a, what's the word? Motivational speech. Motivational speech. speech. A pep talk for the cheerleaders. Imagine Teresa lying at home, itchy and gross, and the last thing she said to me was, this sucks. Brooke says, don't suck. And this will suck unless we win. That's a, it's a good, it's a good speech. I'm motivated. I'm pumped. I'm ready. And as they're running on to the the mats or whatever, Brooke pulls Peyton aside. I think this is kind of interesting timing for her to do this. Yeah, it is. It's a little bit weird to me. Like, they just kind of threw it. It doesn't really make sense that she would do this right now in real life. But she pulls Peyton aside and is like, listen, Peyton, I just want to thank you for everything that you did this weekend to make this happen. And Peyton says, well, it's important to you, so it's important to me. And that's a, that's a very sweet moment. I could see her saying this after. Yes, it makes a lot more sense for her to say it after. Yeah. But I think they had plans for what after would look like, so they didn't want to fuck with that. That's why I think they did it, which we'll talk about what happens after very shortly because it's coming up. Because it immediately does go into their routine. Mm -hmm. And what song do they have playing in the background, honey? I I don't know. Oh, macho, macho man. No, not at all. It's Kung Fu Fighting. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they have like a Kung Fu Fighting remix. It was Kung Fu Fighting. Does that sound more familiar than Macho Macho Man? So Macho Macho Man isn't at all in this episode? I don't think so. 
Are you serious? It doesn't appear at I'm, all. I'm going to go back and edit this, so I'm going to look at this scene again, and I don't think so. Well, I guess Macho Macho Man just has a permanent place in my heart, because it is all I heard when I was thinking about this scene. Um, no, you're right. I think it is. No, I mean, I'm sure that it is Kung Fu Fighting, but I thought that was the same song, I guess, on hmm. some level. And they even have Mouth is in the crowd dancing around. Mouth really belongs out there, let's be honest. But I will say, the newest cheerleader, Haley James, is really quite good like honestly my comment was she has to be ex- like oh i'm a klutz she has to be extremely fucking coordinated and talented to pull off what she did she is not a cheerleader so none of these moves are supposed to be familiar to her like the other cheerleaders it's yeah it's insane to think they could learn a new cheer and then do it this well but whatever they know the moves already Haley is supposed to be this is all unfamiliar to her and she's out there shimmying and shaking and she's smiling and she's like fucking performing and i just don't understand <laughs> No, it's crazy, but she's doing great. They're doing great. Everybody looks like they're having fun. And for one night, I mean, for less than a day of practice, I mean, what can you ask It's for? pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Um, but all good shows must come to an end. I wrote in my notes that Bear Creek looks like someone pissed on their regular clothes. What? That's, that's what I have in what my notes. What does that mean? For, I'm, a, I'm trying to think back about what I was thinking when I wrote this. <laughs> I think that they had the look while they were watching. As if someone was pissing on like them? Like somebody had their clothes, their non-cheer clothes, uh-huh. and somebody was pissing on them. That is the way you described their emotional... <laughs> I don't know how to... Wow. I don't know any words. No, you don't. Honey. <laughs> well, that was, I just think that was very... That was a, quite a vision, is well, all I'm saying. That was quite a vision to put together. Move on from the icebox to the cheer clothes. Honey, I like it. Well, you did a nice job. Anyway, now we're about to find out who wins. Yes. So, Trivia. Who got second place? Yeah. New Hanover Wildcats. That was my trivia too, baby. Lena. I know. You gotta stop with that. I know. We have all the same trivias for each other. Well, who does the first place go to? Bear Creek Warriors. Five years in a row. That's pretty impressive, I have to say. However, we have another award for Best Original Choreography. And guess what, baby? Brooke Davis, bitch! She got it! And she is ecstatic. She is ecstatic. She is so happy. She's bouncing around. I actually cried. When we were watching this, I cried. Did you really? Out of happiness for Brooke getting this. I did. Well. I got chills and then I cried. You know who else cried? It was Claire Young. Claire Young. She was upset and she clutched and cuddled with that first place trophy trying to get over missing out on the original choreography award. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good if you can win an original choreography award for choreography you made like six hours ago. Yeah. Like that's pretty good. Honestly, like if they had time to have practiced this routine, I wonder if it would have. They probably would have won. I thought they did great, but I wonder if they would have won. Well, and to be honest, I actually think this routine that they did was a lot better than the the Bear Creek Warriors. So I'm kind of surprised they didn't even win second place. But it makes the the win for Brooke a lot nicer. The fact yeah. that she actually won an award for the choreography that's really cool. I'm happy for her. Obviously, I'm crying. <laughs> um, and Lucas actually comes over and she, you know, he visits Haley after all this. Yes. Because you know you looked amazing out there. Well, I thought maybe I looked ridiculous. Mm. Lucas, that's a callback to when you said that to her. Then Lucas says, you know, he thinks things have been different since she's been dating Nathan. He misses his friend. Well, I like, too, though, that she says back to him, I don't spend any more time with Nathan than you did with Brooke. And he's like, well, yeah, he's your boyfriend. You should spend time with him, but I miss you. I, I like Haley's response here. She says they're both important to me. And it, I mean, both of them are important to her. So if he wants to be a part of her life, he needs to get used to Nathan being a part of her life too. And I really appreciate that she is standing up for herself in this way because 
it is true. Lucas was two timing Brooke. I mean, he definitely didn't have time for pay for. He definitely didn't have time for Haley. Right. You know, he was spending all this time with Brooke or Peyton, like he or basketball. Like, when was he ever hanging out with Haley? And now he's single and he's moping and bored. And now he's like, well, why isn't she available to me? And I like that she stands up for herself and she's like, it's the same thing. I'm allowed to have this relationship. You need to make room for it in your life. I really like that. And he's receptive to it, which is great. It's a good little moment of growth. Yeah, it is really nice. Like, I like Haley so far. She's not taking any shit. She's like, hey, you know how hard this has been on me? Yes. Haley is a good character. I think she's like a strong female character. She is. I like it. I, I like it a lot, too. And Lucas and Haley are kind of making up here. And Lucas says, hey. Do you want to sit together and watch the basketball game? Aww. And she smiles and says, "Yes, Lucas, I would love that." Aww. I don't think she says those words. No, but she—it's—it's it's an implied. Yes, <laughs> it's implied. No, I like that too. But then we have mouth oh, talking man. to his hand, which has a recorder in it. A fantastic line. There's a fantastic line here. There, I guess it's toward the end of the game. Oh. Yeah, it's because the, the Ravens end. are in danger of losing. Mm-hmm. They're very close to losing. Get out the Tupperware, folks. If the Ravens don't score, we'll have to save Coach Durham's 500th win cake for another night. <laughs> Get out the Tupperware, folks. That, that is a great line. Mouth, honestly, is very talented. Like, his, like he would be a great sportscaster. People would listen to him because he, he's funny. Like, he says crazy shit, and it's just a good time. So, I love that. But fortunately, Nathan pulls it out he keeps getting double teamed he's getting double teamed and nathan actually does a fadeaway he does the fadeaway and he scores don't bother showering tonight as the time expires he nails the shot yay nathan i wrote yay nathan haley looks over and says to lucas are you rooting for nathan lucas smiles coyly i was rooting for the team (laughs) but then he makes eyes with nathan and nathan makes eyes with lucas and they almost do a little handshake in their heads together like, thanks, bro. I feel like Nathan kind of looks at him and is like, thanks, man. Like, you, you're you right. Like, I, I hear you. Back to what I was saying earlier in this episode. Yes. I wanted to remember their time together at the river court or wherever they were when Nathan was trying to practice. Okay. Nathan didn't hit the fadeaway. Lucas said, you need to practice your fadeaway. Nathan maintained that the fadeaway was weak up till he was at the gym last night. Mm-hmm. He makes this fadeaway shot. Is it luck, or did he practice with Lucas last night? Because they didn't make it seem like he practiced last night at the gym. I think it's luck. I don't think – I think it's luck. I think what it – what it more than anything, not so much being luck, I think more than anything it's trying to show that despite Nathan being as arrogant as he sometimes is, as, like, stubborn as he is, he does take stuff in, and he is willing to kind of – I mean, I didn't even say it this way because who fucking cares, but I was going to say he hates to, like – He's able to like lessen himself or lessen his standards or lower his standards or whatever to perform well for the team. And that is a key difference between him and Dan. So I I think that that's part of what it's showing is like he internalized all these conversations, even if he didn't show it in the moment. And then he proves it here. Like, I am willing to do what I have to do. Yeah. You know, it's very good. It is good because all of his attitude about it before was very much about him. Like, well, I do it this way. I do it this way. I go harder. I do nothing. This is the first time that we've seen, and this is the start, I think, mm-hmm. that you will see the Scott brothers start to get along. Yes. And start to grow mm-hmm. together. Starting yes. with yeah, basketball, moving on, hopefully, to Haley and, and wherever else it may take them. We'll see. Yeah. So it's very good. It's really good. I, I like their relationship building a lot. It's very encouraging. So speaking of basketball, we're at the auto body shop, the Dan Scott Service Annex. And 
Keith is out there playing basketball with his fellow co-workers. Mm-hmm. And they're just playing for fun. And they're on break, lunch or whatever they might be. Dan actually shows up, and he starts giving them shit. He grabs the ball and says, if I make this shot, everybody goes back to work. Ugh. And then Dan nails it. Of course he does. And Dan is just, like, giving so much attitude. You know. Well, he says to the guy who, I don't remember the name of the guy. That... Yeah, the main guy. He's like, I expected this from Keith, but not from you. Yeah, exactly. You're supposed and the guy, to be like... me when I'm not here. Yes. And the guy, like, hangs his head and slouches away real sad. Oh, I'm sorry, Dan. I know. And then oh. Keith is like, what the fuck, dude? We're just taking a break and having fun. And he was like, there are no breaks here. This is your internal hell. And Keith's not about this. Keith is over it and really upset by it. And Dan said, you know what? You never did have a strong work ethic. If you did, it would be your name up on that sign. Holy shit, that is so mean. You know, Keith comes back and then says, maybe I'll take Nathan's lead and just get away from you. Mm. And says to Dan, like, hey, you can take the shop. And he quits. Does he quit in that scene? He does. I didn't even write that down. Or he down. says he quits. I didn't even write that down. Honey, I mean, maybe you didn't watch the episode with no, as much love as I did. No, I knew it happened in this episode. You know what it was? I was so engrossed in the episode. I was so committed to understanding Keith's experience that I didn't. I couldn't be bothered the triviality of taking notes, Alex. Oh. Um, well, um, you were busy writing down that other stuff. I didn't write any of that down. Well, that's true. Thank you. Like, you write the quotes down. I write down like they were in the same room together. <laughs> well you know. that's true but i can totally understand keith from this perspective oh yeah he's tired of getting all this verbal abuse and now everything's completely different lena's yawning into the microphone what is wrong with me oh i can't i stop, stop yawning because you're tired of me just say it i'm not tired of you Lena, don't be tired of alex me. i'm not age much mexican as i am so keith has quit and now <laughs> we move on with somebody that doesn't quit mouth <laughs> Okay, so all I wrote next was Mouth is super happy and has fun. That's all I wrote. I have no idea what's happening in this scene. We're back in Tree Hill. Yes. Mouth is standing in front of the bus. They brought the kids home. And I, there is like a cheerleader that comes over and kisses him on the cheek, doesn't doesn't she? Yes. And Mouth is all mouth, really. He's smiling a lot. <laughs> and he's super happy. Haley retu- returns her uniform to Brooke. Mm-hmm. And Brooke thanks her. Like, hey, thanks, Haley. Yes. Which is the first time that she said Haley instead of Tudor girl. It is. It is the first time. And Haley, Haley's actually like, holy shit, that means something. It is really nice, I think. It also is like Brooke is just kind of leveling and being a person, which is nice to see. Yeah, because these are like this is moving towards the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. And in this spot, we see like a, it cuts between a couple different characters really quickly. Like we see Lucas and Nathan and Nathan says, I would have hit the shot without you. <laughs> And then Nathan's heading back to his apartment. No, yo, but but before that, maybe I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Sure you don't want to get that cheerleading uniform back, he says to Haley? Yes, but there's a moment where Haley and Nathan and Lucas are talking. Haley comes over to Nathan, Nathan and Lucas are talking, and she's all, like, happy that they're like, oh, wow, you guys are getting along. And then this random-ass man standing a few feet away goes, hey, Haley, what's up? And she goes, oh, hey. And Nathan or somebody says, who's that? And she's like, I have no idea. So this is the beginning of Haley's popularity is what that's supposed to imply. Is is that what it's supposed to imply? Yeah, what did you think that was supposed to do? I just thought it was like a really weird random thing. Honey. I don't know. It's supposed to imply people know who Haley is, even even people she doesn't know. And people, like she's becoming popular, so people are interested in her. Honey, I've never been popular. I've never been popular and I knew that. Oh, so I'm just stupid now. Dumbass. Honey. 
But never say you're stupid. I just, I thought that that was like kind of like, that's why I think it's so awkward because it's such like an obvious way to do it. This is not the only time they ever have people that be like, oh, Haley, what's up? Like this is, this happens multiple times yeah. on the show when they're trying to show Haley becoming popular, which honestly, of course she would become popular. She's dating the most popular guy in the school. Like, of course she would become popular. Like, yeah. I'm kind of surprised. I mean, she's like a pretty girl, you know? Yeah, but that doesn't mean and you're going to be pretty. I, I mean, know, that doesn't yeah. mean you're going to be popular. I wasn't popular in high school. I don't know what it takes to be popular. To be popular. I'll help you be popular. Well, you weren't a pretty girl either. That's the thing. If you were a pretty girl, maybe you would have been popular. I thought I was a pretty boy. Honey. Well, well, I mean, I, I never thought that. I was joking because you said pretty girls. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but that's just like such an awkward little moment and I despise it. But then Karen and Larry, we see them. They're standing over, like, unpacking, and they're flirting, and they're giggling, and they're touching, and they're just, love is in the air. Like, it's very intense. And then Peyton is sort of delighted by this, but kind of grossed out, and she's kind of talking to Lucas, and she's like, God, how awful is this? Lucas, though, they show Lucas's face, and he's, you can tell he's, like, kind of sad. Because I think he's thinking about Keith, and he's like, oh, my God. Like, this isn't what I wanted. You know, I mean, he also could be thinking, God, if he if she gets with Peyton's dad, then I'm never going to get to fuck Peyton. Like, you know, that's also partially maybe what he's thinking. But I think he was thinking about Keith and feeling sad about Keith and Karen. And Because there was a lot of relationship stuff here because Peyton was looking at that and thought, well, that looks that's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Lucas looks sad. But then Brooke is not too far away yeah. and she's looking at Karen and Larry and then looks back at. Peyton and Lucas together and sees them in close proximity. Yeah, they're and talking to each other and stuff. And she remembers everything and not everything is forgotten. Yeah. Even after a really great best choreography for Brooke yeah. Davis. And Peyton sees that Brooke is looking at them and she, I mean, good for Peyton. She immediately disconnects from Lucas and comes over and is like trying to talk to her and stuff. I think Claire Young's still in shock? Look, Peyton, it was really fun to get caught up in the weekend and forget about all the crap between us. Yeah, it was. But it doesn't change what you did. Okay, we're not friends anymore. We're just on the same squad. Brooke, you might not be my friend, but I'm still yours. And I'm going to prove it to you. I like it. So I'm very interested in seeing what happens. I like it a lot. I think it's nice. And I also think this scene makes makes sense why they had, in the beginning of the cheer competition or whatever, they had Brooke kind of awkward timing, um talk to Peyton and be like thank you so much because they didn't they couldn't do it after because they had this scene planned for after so you could see they're connected and everything's kind of coming back together at the cheer competition but when they get home it's like immediately the reality of being back hits and Brooke's like distancing herself again yeah you're right yeah um but all of these parents and their kids are reuniting and you actually see Nathan looking around watching all of this mm -hmm. and he doesn't have Deb or Dan yeah, and actually something we forgot to mention is that they did address why, because we know Dan is like a freak show and will go to every game he can, but they actually did address it in this episode, why he wasn't there. Do you remember that? No. Earlier in the episode, um, I think Nathan is telling Tim or somebody, oh, he was told by his divorce, the divorce lawyers or whatever, that he needs to like prove that he can disconnect himself from basketball and it's not all about basketball, so like... He had to prove it by not coming to this or something like that. See, I just assumed he was at that thing with Deb for the divorce. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe that's what he meant. I don't know. But that's what he said. It was something like, oh, he has to like prove that he's able to like, calm the hell down. and like. I don't remember that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Nathan is effectively alone. I mean, it's really sad. It is sad. 
then he gets in his Mustang with the top down and Haley. And they speed off into the sunset. Yeah. And we see Keith showing up to the cafe. Oh, this part hurt my heart. Because he shows up and he sees Karen talking to Larry. And they are chilling and they are vibing and they are laughing. And Keith walks in. And Keith is obviously so sad about their vibe that they have. Like, he can tell they're, like, kind of into each other. And it's so uncomfortable. And it's so awkward. And, like, Larry's super nice to him. And they, they have a nice, they have a very brief little exchange. But immediately Keith makes up a reason that he has to leave. And, like, he leaves. And Karen seems sad. Like, it's just a sad scene. I felt so bad for Keith in this. Yeah, me too. I can't imagine. Like, because he had this dream for, like, a half a minute. Like, he had this dream that they were going to have dinner together. And they couldn't, and then he comes back, like, suddenly Karen's back, and she's with this other guy, and, like, it just seems like Keith is always, like, hanging in the background, never really getting his moment. Yeah, it's very sad. It's really sad. I, I love Keith. He's a good guy. And then he, you know, he says, hey, like, I'm out of here. Karen was looking at him kind of like, you know, she felt a little bit bad about it, but that very quickly went away when Larry's around. And now we go through the final montage of the episode. Whitey is standing in front of the Tree Hill sign that says, congrats on 500 wins. Holy shit, that's a big deal. That is a big deal. It's crazy. It is. Whitey's standing there smiling, staring at it. And we actually see here, this is where Keith Mm -hmm. drops off his keys and leaves the Dan Scott Service Annex. Oh, yeah. And one thing I want to say, too, before we continue this montage, is that we forgot to mention in that little exchange with Keith and Karen at the cafe with Larry there, she does ask him, so what did we miss in Tree Hill? Anything important? And he goes, no, no. And he doesn't tell her, oh, I quit. I fucking left my job. So in this moment, we're seeing, oh, he actually did. Like, that. it's confirmed. Like, he is officially done. He's leaving. Yeah. Big deal. Um, continuing the montage, though, we then see Brooke sitting at a little vanity in her room. And she takes down a picture that she has of her and Lucas and Peyton that is on her mirror. And she takes it down and she rips paint off of it she rips lucas off of it so she's standing alone there see first she rips the picture like she rips apart lucas being yes i'm sorry i I thought well it doesn't matter but it does kind of matter because i thought when we were first watching this that she was ripping lucas off of there and she was going to try to mend things with her best Mm, friend again yeah but then she proceeds to rip the part with peyton off of it too just a lone wolf and you actually see in the background she has a photo still of her and um, lucas together which is kind of weird to me that it's still on her mirror. I actually think it's a little weird she would have any of those photos still actively on her mirror because I would think that she would immediately go home and rip that shit apart, like with who she is as a person. But anyway, she's ripping that apart. It's sad. She's tearful and it's hard for her. Um, and then we cut, I think, to the last scene. Lucas is at the river court. Or no, not the last scene. One of the last scenes. Lucas Lu- is at the river court. Mm-hmm. He shoots the basketball. He's starting to shoot through his pain. And... That's one. He makes it. That's one. Yes. The very, very end of the episode. Yes. Ends with Nathan opening the door to a completely bare, very, it seems very spacious Really nice apartment. apartment. Because I never had an apartment by myself like that until, like, right before I met you. Yeah. You know, and it was very, very nice. And... I he has a wonder, fireplace. He has a sliding glass door. See, the fireplace makes me wonder, how much does this place cost? It, it costs a lot more than he should be paying. We've went. We've stayed at like some Airbnb before for like a, a romantic weekend, mm-hmm. and like for an anniversary. And you know how hard it is to find a place with a fireplace. It is so hard, you guys. And they charge more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for every a place we've went has had. A, we've had fake fireplaces. Yeah, that's true. 
<laughs> I'm surprised that for someone his age with his lack of money, but I also mean, I also think like, you know, maybe he has a thousand dollars in the bank account and he thinks, oh, I have a thousand dollars. That's enough. I need for rent. That's fine. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like he's the kind of person who he doesn't have any insight to be like, oh, I have to plan. So I feel like he probably just took the first apartment he saw. I mean, what's you know? sad here is that he doesn't have anybody because I don't have the feeling that he even talked to Haley about which apartment. I mean, maybe that's not true, mm-hmm. but he literally can't talk to his mom about that. Like, get yeah. the apartment that you can afford. Yeah. He can't talk to his dad about that. Oh, that's so true. So it's really sad. Yeah, like, who's he supposed to talk to about this? So, of course, he gets whatever apartment he gets. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe he did talk to Haley about it. But at, at the end, I mean, he's 17 still, or 16. Haley's still a kid, too. She doesn't know anything. Yeah. So they don't know. Like, it's going to be tough. And the fact sad. that Nathan mentioned that they you know, he had to empty out his bank account. Yeah. That just shows, like, this is the beginning of a tough time. It's a new tough time to deal with. It's pretty crazy because I've watched a lot of teen shows. And I've never seen this on a teen show before. Where a kid becomes so fiercely independent within one season. Like, this is a kid who, in the very beginning of the series, was, like, just, like, a snot-nosed, like, asshole. You know? Very, very spoiled and very overly involved parents. And, like, seemed like he had, like, this... I mean, obviously, we knew, because we see him, that he didn't have a dream life. But I feel like to other people, nobody would ever have expected he would do this. So it's a really big move, really big decision. But, yeah, that's where we're ending at. He is... He's on his own. Does anybody outside of Peyton and Haley and probably Lucas at the school know that this is happening to Nathan? I, I don't about know. That. I mean, I feel like he would have told, told Tim because they are friends, but it's hard to know how intimate th- that friendship is, that he like what he would truly share. People do gossip, I guess, though. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like he's a cool guy in school. So people would be like into this as gossip. People would be excited about it. Yeah. You know, everybody would think it's really cool, probably. But, I'm guessing. I don't know. But that is the end of episode 17. Yeah. What do you think, Hun? I love this episode. Honestly, I love this episode. I think great rewatch value. It's a super fun episode. I've rewatched it many times just for fun. It is um, an episode that moves everything forward really well. It's useful. It you get you touch base with characters that you haven't seen in a while. You're building new characters. You are developing like the emotional stakes of different relationships you're talking about friendship like it is such a good episode i think i absolutely love this one it's one of my favorites i agree with that yeah it was a nice episode i'd rewatch it for sure yeah it's a standout i think a standout episode especially because i feel like we've had several episodes in a row that were kind of dull in some ways yeah you know they weren't bad or anything they're just like they were they were really kind of like dark and a little bit depressing yeah so this one is bright and fun, but there's still a lot of real stuff in it, which I like. So who would you say your favorite character is? Oh, man. Do you have one? Because personally, for this episode, I had a hard time distinguishing who I had as a favorite. It's because it's so ensemble. It is. So let's take a different approach. Mm-hmm. Which part was your favorite? The basketball portion of it with Nathan and Lucas, or was it the cheerleading? For Definitely sure, the cheerleading. cheerleading, right? Yeah. I mean, the basketball portion was very much background to me. I mean... Even when you look at the the amount of time spent on the actual basketball game, it's like three minutes. Whereas the cheer stuff, it's like a ton of the focus. That's so true. I like the basketball stuff because of the relationship with Nathan and Lucas. But the cheer stuff to me is just like, it's awesome. I like seeing Mouth doing mm-hmm. his thing and everybody getting excited. Like It seems like the cheerleaders at this point started having fun again. Yeah. When we've seen in a couple episodes 
We've seen them talk about how this isn't fun and Brooke is being a cheer tater, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it seems like they're all having fun mm-hmm. doing this new routine. So that I liked seeing that part. I like that too. I really liked Peyton in this episode because of how much she's trying with Brooke and like how much she keeps showing up and really trying to be a good friend and help her. I like Brooke because she I'm happy for her. I'm so happy for her when she wins her award and she's really trying to work through it and she's being forgiving toward Peyton and though she's still really complicated for her though. I like Haley because I like the girls. I really like the girls in this episode. I like Haley because she does something so outside of her comfort zone and she owns it and she stands up to Lucas about something. And like, I like, I like that a lot. Overall, there's, there was no part of this episode that I thought was boring or like I wasn't into the story. Yeah. I definitely think the drama queens were the best part of it. Yes, definitely. They were great. So that's the case a lot. I think with this show, like I think often the, the girls stand out, honestly. I agree. Yeah. Um, did you have any favorite lines or anything? Well, the favorite lines, I mean, I like the Tupperware part. Yeah, it's funny. I, uh, I'm struggling to remember. Oh, well, obviously the favorite line, now that I think about it, has to be when Tim is talking about the strip club, how he has to grease the bouncer. Mm-hmm. Well, then you're going to pay him afterwards, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah, it was very good. No, there's a lot of good lines. Honestly, it's just overall a very funny episode and a good time. So I really liked this one. I It was fun to rewatch it again, in, especially in the context of our podcast and like spending the real time with it. I've never really spend this kind of time with it and even under heavy scrutiny it stands up as a really good episode so it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun yeah so next week we will be moving on to the boy toy auction which is another fun episode very fun episode i'm excited about that one yes um and then we're uh we're uh we're breaching that's right (laughs) season two (laughs) so yeah that's it so take this moment check us out on instagram Mm -hmm. facebook or twitter Instagram is the best one because that's the one I actually get on. Yeah, we don't really do anything on the other. And I just, I post, I cross post to everything else. Beautiful memes. Beautiful memes. I appreciate that. So fun. You You actually like them? I love them. They're very fun. I always send them to Lena first to see if she likes them. He does. He'll get, he gets my approval. (laughs) And then I post them anyway No, they're, yes. They're, no, they're very fun. They're very um, creative and much more than I would do or could do, really. Well, I think you could do a lot. Well, thank you. They're really good, though. Um, So, yes, please follow us on any social media and please Leave us a review if you should be so inclined. Yeah, get on, uh, get wherever you go to these podcasts. Go to the anchor and send us an email or something. I'm pretty sure we have all that stuff linked on there. We should, yes. If we don't, I'll fix it eventually. <laughs> so. so that's that. Yep. And well, thank you so much for listening. That's right. And this was Alex. And this is Lena. And this was getting mouthy. <laughs>